Hey friend, it's Kathleen Estes. Welcome to the Texas Football Mom Podcast, a show where we'll chat with some amazing guests about faith, family, and of course, football. Well, I am really excited today. I'm having the opportunity to talk to some friends of mine who actually moved away, I think, two years ago um, to take on a position at Marshall High School in the football program. And this past year became one of the youngest coaches in Texas high school football. Welcome, Jake Creedle and his beautiful wife, Garland, to the podcast. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Awesome. So... I, as I've been watching a little bit of this past season that you guys have walked through, I feel like you all are living the TV show Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that. It's been quite the journey. Um, you know, three, I guess this was our completion of our third season out there in Marshall. And so um, I headed out there in the May of 2017. Um, and then Garland came in that July. And so... Uh, we've been out there for, for three seasons. The first two, I was the offense coordinator. And then this past season, uh, last, I guess, end of January, was um, given the head coaching role and athletic director role. And so that's been a whole new you know whirlwind of, of learning and, and a new experience for both of us. Um, and then just with everything that's happened this year and what we've gone through, it's just been, it's, I mean, there's definitely some some characteristics of the Friday Night Light show that that we've been living and that mm-hmm. you know Garland's been Tammy Taylor and she jokes about that every now and then. But um, no, it's just a, it's just a different experience, especially going you know from Lake Travis to a Marshall and um, you know going from a place that you know has six percent poverty rate to mm-hmm. you know eighty percent poverty rate. Wow. Um, you know and totally just flipping the spectrum of, of kids that you're dealing with and so it's been it's been definitely an experience it's eye been opening. a lot of fun yeah eye opening is, is definitely um something that that it's been for sure in just terms of how the other half can, you know live and how they deal and how they function and and you know just the school system and the athletic programs and um you know trying to build something similar to lt but with the dynamic and with the culture that we have in Marshall and how you have to kind of accommodate and and modify certain things to kind of reach your audience. Mm -hmm. Sure. So Garland, tell us a little bit about what your role is at the school because you are actually on staff as well. I am. Yes. I um, am the assistant director for the district for nursing. Awesome. So I kind of help manage and oversee um, all of our campuses and um, it's been another eye-opening experience for me coming from surgery. Yeah. Very different, um, kind of a steep learning curve, but I've learned a lot in the past three years, and um, it's been good. I'm still learning stuff. Yeah, so sure. That's it good. feels like a public health role with wow. immunizations, trying to, um, when things kind of, um, infections s- spread, the flu, mm-hmm. all that stuff, it's, it feels like a public health setting. Has there been moments where um, health and what you do has impacted the football team as well this past year? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we had, I mean, just this past week has been, we've had a crazy amount of flu and Mm. strep. Um, and so I think like seven of your starters had the flu. Oh, wow. With the, in the first playoff game. So that was, that was uh, interesting. It's been, you know, we have, you know, one of the, beautiful things about Texas high school football and the the level in which it's taken you know here in Texas is 
we have full-time athletic trainers and so those athletic trainers do a really good job of of managing the athletes the student athletes um you know in the school and and uh and so you know we will you know we tell our kids all the time hey you know if you need to go to the doctor for whatever it is an injury sickness um, whatever it may be, you know, by all means go, but first talk to our athletic trainers because a lot of mm-hmm. times um, they can, you know, they can, you know, rehab or, or help um, kind of get those kids back to where they need to go without going to, you know, a lot of these kids go to a, a pediatrician or, um, and they, you know, they're just going to say, oh, we'll sit out for two weeks, you know, and it'll get better. With, right. Mm-hmm. Like anything, if you don't do anything for two weeks, you're going to feel better. Yeah. Um, and so we send them there and then, you know, we got some kids that'll play the system and so they'll, They'll go to the trainers and not like what they hear, and so then they'll go the back nurse. across the yeah. street and go to the school nurse <laughs> and try to, and not knowing that you know not putting two and two together. Yeah. Right, and that's then, a nice advantage yeah, no that doubt. you guys so have. Like, will say, "Well, have you gone to the trainer?" Well, yeah, but yeah. You know, well, my, you know, my husband's head smart. coach. So, yeah, uh, teenagers. You know, it's it's been it's been fun seeing some kids kind of try to play the system to get mm-hmm. out of a practice or something. But um, <laughs> now she does a pretty good job of directing them back to. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Jake, tell us a little bit um, about just growing up, how you fell in love with football. What position did you play? Um, yeah, so I didn't I didn't play football until my freshman year of high school. Really? Um, yeah, that was something that, you know, I grew up in a private school. My, my parents are church workers. Um, I'm the youngest of four. We were all very athletic. I got an older brother who's two years older. Twin sisters are two years older. Um and we were all just always doing something. You know, I started playing soccer, um, which I think is, is probably the most fundamental sport for any kid to play as their first sport, just Great. with the hand-eye coordination, footwork, I mean, running, just body control, everything that comes with that. Um, you know, then started playing basketball, um, did baseball a little bit in sixth and seventh grade, but to be honest, was terrified of getting hit by the pitch. So I, <laughs> so I, I was a very good baseball player. Um, and then uh, freshman year, I started playing football um, along with basketball and track and kind of gave up soccer at, at that point. Um, Were but, your parents crushed that they invested so much in soccer and you let well, it go? Well, <laughs> see, you know, my, I, didn't, I, I wasn't in the luxurious world of, of you know, select and whatnot. Okay. I was just, you know, we did it for the school and that was about it. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the, their investment was more time than, than mm-hmm. money. And so... Uh, once I started playing football, um, kind of had some instant success at the little school that I was at, and, and so that kind of, you know, boosted my love for the game. And then uh, my senior year, um, had some some opportunities for scholarship and playing at the next level, and uh, had a had a pretty devastating leg injury, mm-hmm. um, broke my leg, um, mm-hmm. third game of the year, and and uh, kind of some opportunities that I had kind of dwindled just because you know. College football is a business. Um, right. College athletics is a business, um, and so when coaches don't know how you're going to come back from from major injury, they're not going to invest money in you because you know it's their livelihood too, and they sure. can go invest that money in another kid. And so had some preferred walk on options, um, but wanted to go to a place where they're going to in essence pay me um, to to play because I knew that it being a business, you know, if they're investing in you, you're going to have an opportunity before the kid they're not investing in, and so. Played small college football at Concordia University in Nebraska, a little NAI. Mm-hmm. Played for four years, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and then getting out. I mean, I just I, I knew I always wanted to be a coach. Um, you know, really? I, yeah, I'm just too competitive not to not to you know be doing something. Um, 
you know, and, and had some really good coaches growing up that, that kind of influenced mm-hmm. um, me within that role. And so, you know, right when I got out of school, um, got a coaching opportunity at Southern Southern Arkansas University, a Division II school, and, and coached wide receivers there for a year. Were um, you a wide receiver then I when was, you played? Okay. I was. So actually, I was a wide receiver all, all through high school, all through mm-hmm. college, except my senior year of college, we had a new offense coordinator come in, kind of change things around and move me to the running back position, which... You know, I got beat up. I tore both shoulders Ooh, up. Yeah. Um, I mean, had a bunch of injuries. But hindsight, you know, I learned more about football in that year mm-hmm. um, to help me coach because you have to learn O-line play, quarterback play. Uh, we had a freshman quarterback my senior year of college, wow. and I had to make the checks for him. And so kind of began that coaching role as a senior player, um, yeah. which really helped. And, and, you know, moving forward, which in the moment, you know, I was tired of getting banged on. and, and Sure. But, um, you know, really kind of, Help maybe jumpstart my career um, in the coaching world. So, did college ball. Wanted to stay in college ball, but you know, um, a big misconception I think is there's really no money in college football unless you're at a UT at a big Power Five school. And so, okay. um, you know, I was coaching, making fourteen thousand dollars a year before Ooh. taxes were taken out, and I still remember. Every month I'd get four hundred and eighty-seven dollars and eighty-eight cents. You know, that's and, painful. And yeah, and so it was just like I need to make some real money. <laughs> right. Um, and so from there, kind of got <clears throat> into high school and and uh, I've been there for I guess this is season number eight. This was the completion of season eight, nine wow. overall. So yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. And um, before Lake Travis. Were you at a different high school? Yeah, so I left Southern Arkansas University, um, went to a little high school called Bernie High School. Okay. Um, just outside of San Antonio, was mm-hmm. there for a year. Um, and then from there was able to, uh, you know, was very blessed to have a network that got my foot in the door at LT and um, was able to to get that wide receiver position and was there for four years. So yeah. um, 2013 through the 2016 season. And so uh, then from there, I've been in Marshall ever since. That's awesome. And when you were at Lake Travis is when you and Garland fell in love. Yeah. So Garland, did you That have... could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> okay, we'll the save that for next time. <laughs> but, um, yes, we met at church. Um, he started coming here. Uh-huh. And we met here and just really started being friends for a year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that Because I was... It was the slow play approach. I was... <laughs> okay. I was, I mean... Never, never going to date a coach, never going to marry a coach. You know, I'd, I'd never wanted to leave Austin. Right. So, and coaches move. That's just yeah. the nature of the game. And so I was like, absolutely not. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. Worked out differently. So <laughs> he won your <laughs> then heart. We, yes. That's, a, yeah, that's a, exactly what happened. So. What has been um, the most unexpected thing about being a wife of a coach? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess you you don't really um, like during football season. You really are like single, either a single person yeah. or a single parent, mm-hmm. because they work such late hours. I mean, they work seven days a week from the start of football season until at whatever point it's over in playoffs. Right. So um, they work Saturday. They work Sunday. So you just kind of have to get used to managing everything on your own and mm-hmm. making time to see each other either whether that's going up to the field house on the weekend to see you know it's just kind of so yeah not really knowing what that all looked like I guess and learning as we went and I think that's so. changed I think it's changed for her quite a bit you know being a coach's wife and and this I mean it's just where you're at you know being a 
our first year of marriage was my last year at Lake Travis, and so she was a coach's wife at, at LT, and and so her first experience in terms of being married to a coach, we played 16 weeks. Right. right. Know, and so, yeah. like, I told her, hey, you can handle this year. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> only going to get easier, you yeah. know, because right. it's only going to get shorter. There's no possibility of it getting longer. But the role that she had, you know, then was, you know, with the kids that, that I coached, um, you know, it was simple of like, I mean, it was, it was as simple as, you know, she'd make buttons at the kids that I would coach and, and wear at games. Yeah. Whereas in Marshall, you know, she's not making buttons for kids. She's making beds because kids are sleeping at our house. And, wow. and, and so it's just, it's just Very a different, different. dynamic. Yeah. You know, the kids mm-hmm. at Lake Travis, they didn't, they don't need Garland or I, or, or I, you know, they have parents at the house, even if they're at a single, you know, parent home, they're at Lake Travis, you know, so mm-hmm. there's, there's some wealth there and there's some, um, you know, there's some affluency where, you know, and, and you, you play at a Lake Travis, it's hard to go D2, D3, NAI because, you're treated better at LT than you would be at some of these colleges. Wow. Um, and so they don't necessarily need, they don't need the game. And because of that, they don't necessarily need us. They appreciate the coaching and they dive into it because mm-hmm. of the rich tradition. Right. But then you flip the table and you go to a, a Marshall where there's 77% poverty rate. And these kids know my only way out of here mm-hmm. is nice if I goal. get a yeah. D1, D2, D3 NAI scholarship yeah. to get out and play. And along with that, you know, you go to their house and their parents sometimes aren't present because they're working multiple jobs. They're sure. working the late shift. They're work- and so um, her role as a wife, as a coach's wife, has, has you know, changed drastically. Yeah, over the um, last few years, for know, sure. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, I mean, it's, I've been very impressed and very, very blessed to have, uh, you know, her just kind of dive into the new role. You chose well. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I think, you know, it's interesting being a part of a community where I'm exposed to Lake Travis or Westlake kids or even Dripping Springs kids. And it seems like the struggle there is the entitlement and keeping that hunger. <laughs> Yeah. Which I'm sure the kids that you're getting the chance to coach have a hunger that goes beyond what some of the kids here are able to Yeah, and, and keep. you know, I think it's funny. Um, kids are going to be kids. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, purple, orange, yellow. It, it doesn't matter. Kids are kids. Um, and, you know, I remember leaving or being, you know, within moments at LT saying, man, these kids are so entitled, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the huge Under Armour sponsorship. Hey, we're going to, you know, we're giving right. you guys red gloves to wear today. Oh, I want white yeah. gloves. And it's like, where are the $80 gloves that we're giving? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like just little things of, of entitlement that, that, you know, it doesn't matter if they're at LT or any of the kids, they're, they're kids. Right. And, and, um, it's the day and age we live in. And so coming into Marshall, I'm like, man, a lot of these kids don't have much. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I was thinking, you know, that entitlement wasn't going to be there, but it's an entitlement in a totally different way. It's like, Interesting. Yeah, okay. And, and so it's it's um, an entitlement to provide, an entitlement to, mm. you know, um, there it's it's because football is a way out, you know, it, it's kind of, it. I don't know how to explain it really. It's um, when, once they make it, they feel like they've made it and they don't have to keep earning that role. And so, you know, that was the entitlement that we've been, that we've been, you know, dealing with there um you know and but what i've realized in both situations rich poor black white you know whatever it may be um if you're genuine with kids they're going to respond you know i I grew up in lily white america 
mm-hmm. private school my whole life, private college, and then my first job is coaching in Southern Arkansas, um, in which I was, you know, the only white person on staff. I mean, I was, uh, I was, you know, and thrown into a totally different situation, um, you know, and then go back to Bernie, then go back to LT, and then get put back mm-hmm. in Marshall. And, you know, what I've realized along the way is, you know, I think so many people think, well, you have to have that experience to relate to these type of kids. Or if you've never coached this type of kid, you're not going to be able to. Or if you've only t- coached this type of kid, if you've only coached the Marshall kid, you can't coach the LT kid or vice versa. Right. And it's it's a bunch of baloney, to be honest, because uh-huh. kids are kids and they all they want on either side of the spectrum is you to be genuine, you to be real, you to be honest. And whether that's being genuine in discipline or genuine in praise, mm-hmm. um, they're going to respond, you know. And so they could care less about your background. All they care about is, is how you care about them. And uh, they don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, that's um, good. That, that's, been, that's been, you know, kind of the maybe for me the biggest eye-opening deal of coaching, you know, at an LT and a Marshall is, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't equipped with my life circumstances to be in this situation, but, you know, just being genuine and who you are is, is plenty. Absolutely. Yeah. How would you say um, you've intentionally tried to shift the culture um, at the new school? What, what have you tried to really br- bring from your experience at Lake Travis to Marshall? I think an urgency. Okay. Um, you know, I was at LT's practice yesterday morning just being in town and, you know, called Hank and, and went up there and, and saw some of those guys and, and then just kind of watched the practice. And, and the biggest thing between great programs and average programs and, and even great and, and elite programs is just the sense of urgency from the top. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I could I could dress out our, our football team and take them to an LT practice and there's a bunch of kids that those kids or those coaches at LT would probably want to keep. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we've got great athletes and we've got great kids. The difference is the mindset of the of urgency and being intentional. You know, when we're, when you're out there, you know, there it's there's got to be intentionality every you know within every play within every rep within every you know segment of practice. Um, but in order to get that that urgency has got to, you know, be there. And, and, you know, it's like I told, I told our coaching staff the other day, you know, our, our kids are never going to prioritize what our coaches marginalize. So Mm -hmm. if if we don't prioritize it as a coaching staff, if, if us as coaches aren't urgent, if, if we don't have that bounce in our step, then our kids aren't going to either. Um, No matter how much you yell at them, no, no matter how much you discipline them, whatever it may be. And so we've, the, the biggest change is, is we as adults have to, in essence, show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got to we've got to make blind kids see in our visual world, mm. and they don't. It's not their fault that it, that they don't know. They just don't know because they've never seen it done. Right. And so, in order for it. exactly, and and once we demonstrate it, then they, you know, the kids keep us accountable because they hold us to it. You know, there's got to be a consistency um, with us being on time, with us being punctual, with us bringing energy, with us mm-hmm. flying around, with us being genuine. Um, otherwise, those kids aren't going to do it. Yeah. And, and I think at a place like LT, that's established, that's set. At a mm-hmm. place like Marshall, it's if we can get to that point, then, you know, we'll be in LT. We'll just be on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so, Garland, as a wife, how have you found the emotional journey of a season oh with now your husband bearing the weight of being the head coach? Yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's those games are stressful. <laughs> they are. Very stressful. And so it's, I mean, you know, there's a... A handful of us that are um you know we have some really good we're fortunate to have some really good wives 
and families on our staff. And so, yeah, it's they they all know it's hard. I mean, to sit there and watch and watch the flags and watch the, uh-huh. you know, injuries or the, you know, maybe the not not the best calls being made or whatever. And um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's it is a definitely an emotional roller coaster with the, you know, highs and lows and oh my gosh, it's great. We did it to, oh, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So so how do you prepare for him coming home after it's been a really tough game? I think um, I've just, since I've been married and really since we started dating, I've learned Jake with, um, you know, he takes stuff to heart. You know, uh-huh. he takes stuff really personal with games. So like losses affect him like mm-hmm. really, really significantly where, some coaches are like, you know, let it just roll off your back. Let's just, you know, let's try again, you know. And and he does get to that point, but he needs a little bit of um, – he just needs a little bit. He's got to step back, uh-huh. take a break, process. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to just kind of give him his space. He'll come around. He'll start talking. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of – what we've done, what we learned to do. And I'm so. sure you've learned a lot more about the game. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I before knew nothing. I mean, the little that I knew was nothing. And now I've, I've learned a lot in the mm-hmm. past four years. It's been interesting for me just even having a son on varsity, the emotional journey mm-hmm. as a player. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed for me as a mom, it's like middle school. I just got to enjoy the games and I'd right. be laughing. Now I'm a wreck. I know. Watching the games. I know. I mean, yeah. Like my, my blood pressure is, gosh, I can't even imagine yours. Like, Jake. <laughs> so I know you both are, um, faith is a big part of your life. How do you feel that impacts what you do as a coach? Uh, I think it has everything to do with how, I mean, everything we do, you know, um, uh, you can't, I think as a coach, very similar to being a pastor or a teacher, you can't compartmentalize mm-hmm. your personal beliefs and, and your personal convictions mm-hmm. um, within your profession. Yeah. Um, you know, because otherwise it goes back to what I said, you can't be genuine. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, one of the one of the things that I really enjoy about East Texas, and, and I can just speak on, you know, Marshall, just because that's, you know, my experience is, um, you know, it is a public school. There There is this stigma of faith within public schools, which, I, you know, in an Austin setting is, is going to be very amplified and, and mm-hmm. you know, hands off. Um, you know, for example, you know, Lake Travis and those guys, they pray Lord's Prayer at the end of every game. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something that Hank is is persistent on except he can't lead that a student has to lead that um Mm -hmm. if he could he would but he just can't you know just being in that role Mm -hmm. whereas in marshall i mean you know we'll grab brother before the 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 game and and you know i'll pray over our our kids i'll pray over the field i mean um and so you know one of the things that that i'm really proud of as a head coach outside of the record outside of the x's and o's is you know i feel like being you know, the last two years being the OC, I, I only had a certain amount of control, and that was mainly over the offense mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but now being the head coach and kind of having the full spectrum to, to you know, have as, as kind of my, my portrait, I can, you know, do things that I couldn't. So one of the things that we did is we started the Breakfast of Champions, very similar to how LT does it. The difference mm-hmm. is we don't have a ton of parents coming because they're mm-hmm. working or, or whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do – we feed our kids breakfast and we get that donated. Um, you know, it seems like there's a church on every corner in, in Marshall. And so yeah. we'll have a church donate breakfast that morning and serve our kids. And then with 
donating, their lead pastor gets to come and do a 15, 20 minute message to our kids. That's, that's fantastic. That's, you know, just totally faith based. Mm-hmm. Some of those kids really appreciate it. Some of those kids are there solely because of the food. Some of those kids don't want anything to do with it, but they know, you know, hey, this is what our team's doing. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's not, seed, yeah, like that's you not, our, you know, some people harvest, some people plant the seed. And so, you know, um, that, that's been something we've been very proud of. Um, and, and I think, you know, 10, 15 years from now, I think those, you know, hopefully sooner those kids will appreciate that. Um, but just knowing, you know, I feel like the last two years we've been there, there's been, and Garland will attest to this, there's been like this spiritual warfare in that field house. Mm-hmm, and, um, mm. you know, with just worldliness and, mm-hmm. and who we are and, um, you know, being able to pray over the, the field house with pastors before, you know, yeah. the, the season starts and being able to do some of that stuff to where, you know, might be frowned upon or, or looked down upon in a, in a bigger area as in Austin, you know, there it's it's encouraged. And, and um, that's been that's been really nice. It's been, it's been a lot of fun to, to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, Garland, um, as a coach's wife, what would you appreciate from moms of the football players? Like, how can we help support you all better? Um, I don't know. Like, like he was. I mean, it's very different um, here compared to Marshall. With um, there is a a lot of parent support here, which is, you know, a, which is a great thing. And Marshall, they're supportive, but they're just they can't always be there. Mm-hmm. They can't always be present. So we've kind of had to step up in some of the um, kids' lives as just being that parent figure Mm -hmm. for them because they don't get it at home because their mom or dad works three jobs. So they never see them. They're basically alone. And so we've kind of had to step up and and give them guidance and direction Mm -hmm. and um, try to just parent, basically. So um, I don't know. I guess what would you say to that, Jake? How As football moms can be more supportive towards coaches or, or coaches' wives. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I th- if I think it's hard for football moms to see the big picture outside of their kid. Um, yeah. You know, for example, I was talking to you Sunday, and you said, "Man, you know, just just watching, you know, my son and and all the different positions he's played, you know." And, and just, you know, during the game, I just watch him. And, but now being able to see <laughs> yes. him, I can see how all, you know, and so, and that's yeah. because that's who, that's who moms are. They, right. that's their they're baby focused out on there. Their kid, they're, yeah. they're focused uh-huh. on I mean, their kid. And way. so, you know, their, their kid is running around and every once in a while makes play and great up, but other times the play goes away and they don't, they don't but they're watching their kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens with parents in general is they solely focus a lot of times on their kid, which isn't wrong. It's not wrong. Um, but I think what they have to remember is as coaches, you know, we got 300 kids to focus on. Yeah. And, um, you know, we spend more time with your kid during the season a lot of times than y'all do. Yes, I right. do. And, yeah. Yes, um, you do. Right. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want to win games, but, you know, we, we're going to treat your kid with respect and we're, we're going to, you know, do what's best for this team and do what's best for your kid, whether that be moving to six different mm-hmm. positions, knowing that, Hey, if we can find where his niche is, then junior, senior year, he can be here and, and whatnot, whatever it may be. Right. Um, you know, and I think that same mentality needs to be shown to the coaching wives of, you know, mm-hmm. do I make bad calls every now and then? Absolutely. There's times where, where, man, I wish I could have that one back and, and that put us <laughs> in a bind or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. And all coaches do that. Sure. Um, but that's not her fault. Right. You know, yeah. and, and I think mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we become 
one unit, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, they, you know, the, the parents forget that the wives are right behind them or the parents right. forget that. And, and, you know, it's hard in the heat of battle. I mean, you know, sure. but I think at the end of the day, you know, when the dust settles, you know, parents need to understand, hey, we're, you know, our wives are investing just as much as we are, just yeah, looks totally are. different. Right. Um, and so when, when you take shots at us, that's taking shots at them. Or, you know, when, when you're mm-hmm. praising us, you're praising them. And, and mm-hmm. I think they need to feel that support because, you know, when we're winning, it's almost in a place like Lake Travis and a place like Marshall, when you're winning, well, great. That, that's what's expected. Right. And so she doesn't, you know, coaching wise, a lot of times don't feel that praise because it's the expectation. Yeah. But my goodness, you lose game one against Mansfield Summer, you lose game one against uh-huh. Tyler Lee, and all of a sudden these coaches are feeling it, and then they're feeling it. And, yeah. and so I think there needs to be that healthy balance of, hey, even though the expectation is being reached, we still appreciate you and everything mm-hmm. that you're sacrificing so that they feel that not just in the good times, I mean, or in the bad yeah. times, but also in the, in the good times. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I've got one final question. Jake, what would you tell – your 17-year-old self in high school, what advice would you give yourself regarding football and looking forward? Uh, Stop being such a punk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, whoever your coach was then, that was for you, right? uh, (laughs) I think it's, you know, I mean, I was that kid that caused problems in class. I was that, I mean, mean, Uh that's who I was, you know, and, and I was a really good athlete and there was a lot of times where I was uncoachable because mm. I thought I was a really good athlete. Um, thought you knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and um, I think, you know, now coaching that type of kid and seeing <laughs> the challenges that my coaches had, you know, I mean, there's been times where I'll text my high school coach and be like, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I apologize for being such a punk, you know. And, uh, um, but I think, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is – to really focus in on, you know, if I could tell myself at 17 what to what to focus on over the next six years, you know, to really focus in on all the things that come along with the game mm-hmm. and appreciate them. Um, because at the end of the day, there's so much to, you know, sports in general, there's so much involved that that grow young men and young women outside mm-hmm. of the X's and O's of the game, um, but to being well-rounded humans and learning teamwork and learning leadership, or or if you're not a leader, learning uh, the quality way to follow and how to follow mm-hmm. and how to be the support staff and, and how to, you know, if you're not that star, but how to do your role to, you know, to um, lift up the team or lift up your group or whatever it may be and really invest in that, you know, and, and you see the fruits of that when, you know, you come out of college and people, you know, hey, this guy's got an engineering degree and so does this guy, but mm-hmm. this guy was a college athlete. Well, they're going to take this guy because everything mm-hmm. that comes around, you know, right. not because they need someone in the office tackling people, but because <laughs> they need someone in the office that can deal with the tough situations and that have been, that's been through plenty of adversity and, and has made mm-hmm. it out, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side to where someone who maybe hasn't had that adversity. Um, and so just to focus and, and appreciate those moments and, and, uh, you know, being being three and seven my senior year of college and having double shoulder surgery and, and mm. being miserable and being able to look back and say that year made me an unbelievable coach early on yeah. because of the adversity we faced, because of the game, you know, and being able to appreciate the little moments outside of the wins and losses. That's I don't great. know if my 17-year-old self would be able to handle that. <laughs> I'd probably be like, this dude don't know what he's talking about, you know. 
just throw me the football, I'm wide open. Right. But, yeah. you know, you know. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, and congratulations on a great season. Thank you. Tell us what the final record was for your team. <sighs> uh, so we, we finished 7-4, and four, um, which, you know, was a good year. It's not, you know, crazy exciting, but we did win our district. Uh, we went 7-0 That's district. Awesome. Um, we started the year 0-3, went through a ton of, ton of adversity, lost our quarterback, mm-hmm. um, had a senior defense tackle killed in a car accident. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's just the world, you know, yeah. had some had some players on the team make some poor decisions that got them suspended for some games. And, and so the world around us was imploding and, and mm-hmm. the adversity was alive and well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our, our coaches stayed tough, our kids stayed tough, and our community stayed tough. And you know, we found a way to go seven and all and win our district outright, which was, you know, really huge. really huge. And then yeah. we just we had a we had a tough matchup round one against a really, really mm-hmm. good Huntsville team. And uh, you know, it, our our kids were honestly our kids and, and coaches were everybody was just kind of exhausted. Sure. Um, yeah. it was the first year of my entire coaching career where, you know, I was disappointed after the loss, but about two hours after that game, it was almost like this weight mm. was lifted off my shoulders based off everything that we'd gone through in this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gave us a chance to breathe a little bit. And so now looking, you know, our seniors left on a great note and now mm-hmm. you know, we're looking towards a great off season and, and uh, making some noise next year. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing great things from Marshall. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. Thank you. I know life is busy, so thank you for spending time with us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment and rate us. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. You can always follow me on Instagram at Texas Football Mom. I'm Kathleen Estes, reminding you to find joy in whatever season you are in today and to always celebrate life's first downs.